0: Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scorse, and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. With the January 6th hearings now a few weeks old and people having had time to process that information, I thought it would be a good time to ponder what America and the world would look like if the coup had actually succeeded. And again, I called it a coup many, many months and over a year ago. I said there was going to be a fascist coup in September 2020. Before the election started because that's what Trump said he was going to do and now it's nice at least that it's clear for all Americans in the world to see at least those who are open to reason and facts and not brainwashed in the right wing cult to realize that America survived a very concerted coup attempt and it was pretty close to succeeding. It really, really was. And we'll talk about that. So people who think that America's in okay shape, because, hey, the system held Biden president. There was a transfer of power. And so, you know, hey, we're okay. I just want to be clear. Those people are living in a fucking fantasy world. We came so close to a fascist takeover of the U.S. government. And it was the first time in our history, where there was not a peaceful transfer of power. Power was transferred, but not peacefully. People died. And cops were beaten within inches of their lives. It was an insurrection. It was serious. It was as serious as it comes. And the people who helped prevent it, uh, you know, in the administration from Mike Pence on to some of the other people in the Justice Department who did the right thing. I am happy they did the right thing. But let me be clear here, with except maybe a couple small exceptions, which I'll get at in a second, but really not even that, none of them are heroes. I really want to make this point strongly. The cops protecting the Capitol, those are heroes. Mike Pence, not wanting to participate in the coup at the very last minute, not a hero, right? This goes to show how our bar for moral conduct in this country has fallen so fucking abysmally low that somebody metaphorically who is asked by a murderer to help to commit the murderer who says, no, I'd rather not, is now considered a hero. So, hey, come over here and help me. Here's the knife. Help me stab this person in the face a few more times. And you go, no, you're a hero? I don't think so. That's like the minimum. You're the vice president of the United States and you don't take part in a coup? You're not a fucking hero. You know, I mean, it really is our bar for morality. Just so bare bones, bottom in the gutter that that's what heroic activity is? I mean, please, not in my universe. And not in any sane person's universe. I want to even say, you know, this aide Hutchinson who talked about how Trump was telling pe- let people in with weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Wink, wink. They're here to hurt the Democrats. Wink, wink. Right. She's not a hero either. I mean, it's great that she did this, but she was part of this fucking fascist administration, you know, and you know, until the last few minutes. I'm glad she came, you know, forward. I applaud her. She's not a fucking hero. Liz Cheney is the closest to being a hero in the sense that she's actively taking on her party, and she has something to lose. She's going to lose her primary next month and be kicked out of politics. Now, maybe she'll find an entry point in some, some other way, but I think her political career is over. And look, I'm not crying a river for her. She's rich. She's has horrible politics and everything except you know, the January 6th insurrection, her dad is a fucking monster and war criminal. So it's like, I don't, I'm not crying tears for her, but like, you know, I give her a lot of props that she's paying a price and she's standing up and making it clear that there are some lines that are just too, you know, too evil to cross. But is she really a hero? I mean, again, it's just telling the truth is looking at an insurrection that's right in the face. It wasn't hidden. And saying that was fucked up? Is that a hero? Boy, again, I hope not. But again, she's the closest, right? But again, most of these people who are testifying, and also, let's be clear, many of them are like, I'd vote for Trump again. So they're like, yeah, he committed a coup, violent insurrection, but Democrat, socialist, Marxism, GOP, something, something, I'd vote for him again. That's definitely not fucking heroic. Right. So let's get that out of the way. Pence, in particular, is a walking garbage heap. Right. He still praises Trump after Trump literally tried to get him killed. Right. And he has the nerve to call Biden the biggest liar he's ever seen. So Pence, you know what? Shut the fuck up. You're a fucking Christian fascist. You're just upset that, you know, the coup wasn't a little more subtle or that you didn't actually win fair and square. Because you're just another Christian fucking fascist. Your your political career is over. You're going to be in the history books as a punk-ass little bitch. And so, no. You know, Attorney General Bill Barr coming in at the last minute and saying, I called it fucking bullshit. you got to be fucking kidding me. This guy was literally sucking Trump's dick on the way out of the White House. Read the letter. It's it's in public record that he wrote for his resignation. This is after he's aware that Trump is trying to do a coup. He sees the writing on the wall. He helped, you know, lay the groundwork for the coup, saying that there might be foreign interference. He was the one who, you know, helped when Trump, you know, sick the fucking, the guards on, um, on the Capitol protesters and tear gassed them for his fucking upside down photo op with the Bible, right? Bill Barr is a fucking fascist creep. You know what he is? He's a rat who wanted to flee the sinking ship. Bill Barr would have sucked Trump's dick 10 more times if Trump could have won legitimately or had pulled off the coup in secret, you know, behind the scenes. He would have been totally down to do four more years of fascist right wing nonsense. Bill Barr is the lowest scum. He's such a fucking coward that he just at the last minute, literally at, you know, hour 23 and 59 minutes, he gets off the ship. And now he's trying to, you know, whitewash his reputation and say he stood up to Trump. Fuck you. Like, fuck you. No fucking way. Right. So look, again, 95 percent of these people are just fucking rats fleeing a sinking ship. And by the way, this is an insult to rats because rats have more integrity than people who stuck with Trump to literally like seconds before he's calling a violent insurrection. And they're just trying to whitewash their reputation. And whitewash is the right word because they're all fucking white. They're all white supremacists. They're all fascists. But they're just trying to bail because they see the ship is going down. Now, you know, I still want to just say, though, one last thing about Liz Cheney. You know, she's going to lose her primary. And there's a lot of people on the right who are saying she's a rhino, a Republican in name only. And I just want to be clear here. You know someone's a fucking fascist if Liz Cheney is not right-wing enough for them, right? Let's just go through what she's happy with. She's super psyched Roe versus Wade got overturned. She loves the Supreme Court ruling. She loves gutting the EPA. She loves destroying voting rights. She loves more guns. More guns, the merrier. She voted against the bipartisan infrastructure framework that 18 of her fellow Republicans in the Senate voted for and many in the House. She voted against voting rights. She voted against the American Rescue Plan. There is literally nothing positive that she's done except stand up against the coup, right? So again, on that issue, I'll give her credit. But if Liz Cheney is not right-wing enough from you, you know you're a freaking fascist. Like, end of story. Now, before getting into what America would look like if the coup had succeeded, I do want to comment just briefly on the evidence against the former president, and his cabal. It is simply overwhelming. And by the way, it has been for years. There is enough evidence to put Trump away on dozens of federal crimes for thousands of years. Anyone who tells you different is ignorant and or lying. The issue now is entirely clear cut. There's no black and white. Trump is a fucking criminal to the core a criminal, a federal criminal who has committed multiple felonies out in the open, right? Everything from obstructing justice to trying to overturn an election to inciting an insurrection, you know, to conspiracy. I mean, serious felonies. Things that if, you know, our average citizen did a tenth of what Trump did, they would be locked away and the key would be thrown, they would be, you know, locked up and the key thrown away. So the only issue now is one of politics and courage. Will Merrick Garland do the right thing and indict Trump and many other members of the coup, particularly John Eastman, Jeffrey Clark, Mark Meadows? There's a bunch of people who need to go to jail. If Garland is truly a man of his word, because he has said no one is above the law, then he must, and I say must, no ambiguity, 100% indict Trump and the key coup plotters. Again, no gray area, it's black and white. I think he will, but we'll know by the end of the year, because I think if he doesn't do it by the end of the year, he's never gonna do it. So after the break, I'll come back with, uh, you know, with uh, a little imagining about if the coup had succeeded. Now to the World Series where President Trump watched last night's game from a luxury suite at National's Park in Washington where he received what you would call less than a warm welcome from many people in the crowd. I didn't know to spell Jackson's name. Okay, so let's now play a little thought experiment about what America and the world might be like if the coup had been successful. And I'm not going to do wild speculations. I'm going to just say things based on the facts of what we know about Trump's behavior, his intentions, what he did in the first you know, four years he was in office, and what is likely to have ensued if the coup had been successful. First off, we know Trump was okay with inciting violence. And given that there likely would have been massive protests if he had stolen the election, especially since 7 million more people voted for him, he clearly lost. The likelihood that there would have been large-scale political repression and violence would have been close to 100%. And again, what's the this, what's this scenario? You know, hundreds of thousands of people out protesting in the street outside the White House, demanding he step down. You think he's going to just sit there and let them protest? He's going to sit sick troops on them and the National Guard. And there's going to be violence. People are going to get killed because people are going to be fucking pissed. And he's going to have no compunction against violence because we already saw it. Again, we saw that he was OK with violence. He's a guy when he was running for office in 2016 was telling people, hey, you beat up reporters, I'll pay your legal fees. OK, so anyone who thinks that, you know, he would have, you know, helped with restraint, restrained and withheld, you know, large-scale political repression after he had just pulled off a coup violently, you're on fucking crack, right? That would have been violent. So that's part one. We would have had massive political violence and dead Americans, right? That's part one. Now, who knows what? It, how long it would have taken for that to settle down, right? Would people just finally have kind of accepted? Oh, I guess, you know, hey, it's a couple thousand dead, cities on fire, I guess Trump's just a president now. You know, I mean, it could have taken a long time and it could have been really horrible. And let's not forget, this is, you know, a year and a half ago while COVID was still raging and the economy was in tough shape. This is before the American Rescue Plan. This is before, you know, the majority of people had been vaccinated, right? So add that to a fascist coup and political violence, the country could be unrecognizable. I mean, literally we dodged a big bullet. Now let's, let's kind of telescope out to the world stage. It's very likely Putin would have still invaded Ukraine with Trump in office. And Trump, remember, on the day Putin said this, he said that was genius. So he, we would have had a fast fascist invasion in Europe supported by a U.S. president. How do I know that? Because Trump supported Putin every step of the way. Before he even became president, he did, he went out of his way to praise Putin. And the day Putin invaded, he called it a genius move. Okay, so there's no way Trump would have supported Ukraine to the extent he, you know, Biden has. Not even close, if at all. I mean, maybe there's a scenario where some Republicans pressure Trump to not let Ukraine just fall, but I don't think so. I mean, you know. They were totally fine with him sucking Putin's dick for four years, right? So so no, we would have likely supported the fascist invasion of Ukraine. And Russia would have likely conquered Ukraine pretty quickly if the U.S. had not supported Ukraine and the EU's efforts to kind of arm Ukraine. And so that, therefore, the EU would have been in crisis. Because with Russia doing a quick invasion of Ukraine successfully... I'm sure Putin would have been emboldened, and then other countries on that eastern edge of Europe would have been threatened. And then Trump said he wanted to pull out of NATO. I mean, who the fuck knows? This could have been just absolute global crisis with real like fascism on the rise, with the U.S. now a fascist state and a fascist Russia marching across Europe. So again, just think of what the world would look like just those two things, right? That's insane. But let's add to that. We would have remained out of the Paris climate agreement. So the climate negotiations that happened last year would have been derailed. The U.S. wouldn't have even showed up. We would have more right wing judges because he would, you know, Trump would have the Senate and we would just start packing the courts with more right wing judges. So even as crazy rigged as the judiciary is now, it would be more. And with Trump having, you know, taken over through a fascist coup, the right wing would just be unleashed. They'd be like, fuck it, let's just rig the whole democracy so that we never lose ever again, right? It would have been Viktor Orban's Hungary, you know, something like that pretty much, pretty quickly, right? And so, look, some of what I'm saying, well, not not some, all of what I'm saying is speculation, but none of it is at all far-fetched. All of it is incredibly likely given the evidence of what had led up to that day. Right. So either way you look at it, America and the world would be way, way worse than it is today. Right. This is fact. Right. This is just fact. We'd be in bad shape. We came incredibly close to having our society unravel. Now, compare that scenario to the fact that right now we have 8 percent inflation and people are paying high prices for gas. Yeah, that sucks. But compare that to the scenario I just outlined, which is like extremely likely if the coup had succeeded. So just, you know, Biden is a blessing that very few people fully appreciate, like the bullets that we dodge. So you know what? Yeah, $6 a gallon, $5 a gallon gas, not so fun. Higher food prices, not so fun. Interest rates, a couple percentage points up, not so fun. But you know what? We were a hair's breadth away from full on fascism. So, you know, get a fucking grip, people. Put things in perspective, right? Now, I also want to make something clear. While the right wing in America is fully fascist, they're not yet in full Nazi mode, but they're inching their way there. Their intent is there. So how do I know this? QAnon, which has now fully infiltrated the Republican Party to the extent that the last Supreme Court hearings for Katanji Brown was full of QAnon memes. Right? Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz talking about child predators and pedophiles. That was straight out of QAnon playbook, right? Saying that, that Democrats are, 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 are you, know, um, you know, they're grooming kids or grooming your kids. This is straight out of the QAnon playbook. And what is the end game in QAnon? So what is all the people in the QAnon cult, what are they working towards? The end game in QAnon is the murder and execution of all liberals and Democrats, Okay. So the intent is already there. It's baked in. It is seeping into the mainstream of the Republican Party. And let me be clear here. People don't become Nazis overnight. Even the Nazis didn't become the Nazis as we know them overnight. It took years, incrementally, getting more emboldened, more insane, more crazy, more emboldened, more extreme, more numb. And then you get concentration camps, right? And you get the murder of millions of people right? And so just as the GOP didn't morph into a fascist party overnight, it took years, decades, right? The GOP of today that is a fascist party can easily morph into something much, much more dangerous and violent because the trajectory is what counts, the direction they're going. There is no dimension in which the Republican Party is not becoming more extreme. None. Women's rights, gay rights, voting rights, democracy, authoritarianism, the environment, immigration. There is no issue where they're getting less extreme. And so the trajectory is what matters. You take that trajectory and you take a crazy, you know, narcissist demagogue and a fascist coup, and you get four more years of that building up with no accountability. And this trajectory can get really fucking scary really quickly. Right. So. After the break here, which is a different type of imagining, uh, I'll come back with the antidote. Okay, so the antidote for today is to not take democracy, the rule of law, or even a stable society for granted. In many ways, stability is the exception to human history. And remember, society is nothing more than a bunch of social relationships held together by very, very fine thread. It can break very easily, and it almost did. We're hanging on by a thread, and our future is highly uncertain. The people trying to destroy our democracy, so distrust and conspiracy theories, are the enemy. Keep that clear, right? It is the right wing is the enemy, right? The people who are opposing the right wing, we might not all agree on everything, but we we must be united. We must be. The right wing in America must be defeated, right? Politically. I don't mean violently. Politically. We must organize. We must get together, unify, and defeat them decisively and put them in the dustbin of history where they belong. We will have a chance to begin that project again in four months or even less than four months at this point in the beginning of November. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And with that, everybody, I hope the summer is going great for you. My favorite time of year. Stay safe. Be well. Take care.